A strong and independent woman is something to behold. She pays her own bills, buys her own things, and she doesn't let a man affect her stability or self-confidence. She is a soul-rich woman. Are you ready to be rich doing what you love? Be on purpose and in control of your life again. At For Women Who Love the F Word podcast, we will be openly talking about getting more clients online, getting recognition as the leader and female entrepreneur, and also the F Word, being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. It's time to own and love the F Word. Welcome to the show. Welcome to today's episode, gorgeous. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Claire Nazar, Director of Calco Law and also Life Builders, which is an advocacy for marriage or building successful relationships. I really personally found her very interesting because Claire is a very down-to-earth lady and because of this, I wanted to get her story out there and share it with you. And I hope that you like it and let me know what you think. There are two parts to this interview, so do remember to check out both episodes. Hello and a very good morning and welcome to Soul Rich Woman TV for women who love the F word, being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. Today we have a Soul Rich Woman with us. She is a lawyer. Very scary. I'm not just joking. <laughs> but someone who champions for, you know, women and, you know, having awesome marriages. So, um, Claire, would you like to introduce yourself? Okay. Uh, I'm a lawyer with a director. I'm a director of a Calco Law LLC. Uh, basically, I do commercial law, but also I uh, have a marriage education business called lifebuilders.com.sg. Uh, feel free to go to the website to uh, have a look at it. So basically, um, I uh, have been doing marriage education on the side, uh, more of a volunteer basis, uh, but only in recent years uh, when I have um, managed to get the master trainer license so I could then now be able to train uh, others who are interested in uh, teaching our course, uh, which is actually from University of Denver. Uh, they're basically um, researchers who have researched on uh, marriage success and failure over more than 40 years uh, in the field and they track couples over a longitudinal uh, basis meaning that they track the same couple maybe every two three years every five years uh, to see how the program works and whether it really works for them or not okay so let's say hi to our viewers want to say hi to mimi to val valerie who is from malaysia uh, mimi from the philippines and juni ho as well hello welcome to the show today so claire when you talk about, you know, when you first started, you know, many, many, many years ago as a lawyer, I mean, yes. we watch a lot of Hong Kong drama, right? <laughs> so, you know, you see the court case and everything. Is it, is it like that in... Uh uh, well, that yeah, was I mean, how I imagined as well. I thought I was going to be one of those uh, gung-ho litigators that would go out there, you know, and uh, confront, you know, the witnesses and, you know, say you're lying, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Uh, well, of course, in actual practice, it's very different from what I imagined it to be. So it's not like that? Well, it's, uh, you, you do have your moments uh, where you do cross-examine uh, witnesses where uh, you get them, you know, uh, tongue-tied and they are not able to answer the question. If they say yes, they're damned. If they say no, they're also damned. And then you know you got them. Uh, so, <laughs> Damn. Well, well, yes, indeed. You know, so uh, those kind of moments, I must say, are not, not very often because 
I would say 90% of my cases don't actually see the, the light of day in court. We prepare all the work uh, until the day uh, of trial. And usually on the first day, more often than not, things get settled. So, you know, you would have prepared your 100 and 200 questions to cross-examine and you never get to answer, ask any of these questions because, oh. you know, parties settle. And obviously, as a lawyer, you would want uh, to save costs and you want a, more of a peaceable outcome. So, a lot of times, it's not what you imagine it to be. Uh, but having done that for maybe about the first five years of litigation, uh, gone through, like, you know, your state court or sub-court, uh, low level, uh, I would say uh, the state court level, and then you have your high court and also court of appeal cases. Um, I sort of like had enough, uh, and then with uh, two kids in tow as well, it gets quite strenuous. And I also was questioning about the meaning of life. Like, uh, is this something I really want to do for the rest of my life, you know, not getting any younger? And uh, of course, the long hours, uh, it was putting a strain on me. Yes. So actually, how long was your journey? Do you mean to the, from the climb from the bottom to the top? Oh, well, um, I would say I'm now 17 years in practice. So uh, it wasn't a very easy start because when I got married, um, I married before I actually got my professional qualifications. So when I was in uh, doing my professional exams, I was the... So before you... So you actually became a mother before you were qualified yes yes indeed wow that's yeah. awesome yeah it was a sort of like a whirlwind romance uh after i graduated from law school uh i met the man of my life and uh, decided no we don't waste time you know uh, let's, time. Let's, let's get married you know i have kids you know and so uh yeah so i did that before so right right after my uh university degree um and when i was about to launch into my professional uh education that's when I got married as well. And then I also had a kid one year later. Um, so, yeah, so that's how I started practice with a, with a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so she is not a typical, you know, lawyer whom, you know, when you start, you know, you have a single and then you are there, out there. But she already, Claire already got married and had kids and, you know, climbed the ladder. How did you cope and manage your career for first five years? You were saying you were in litigation. Yes. Yes. How do you manage that? I, I must say it was really very tough. Uh, there are times when I thought I was losing my mind, obviously, you know, uh, and you, you wonder to yourself whether it's all worth it. Um, and it was really quite tough juggling, you know, all the different fronts. And um, this is why, um, you know, in terms of my husband and wife, communication is very important. My husband needed to understand when I was going through times of stress, uh, when, I was, uh, when I had a trial coming up and... A lot of times he had to take care of the babies, you know, while I'm working on my cases. Uh, it wasn't easy, especially when I was doing my professional exam as well. And then uh, my husband had to take my kids out while I am busy studying for my exams. Uh, so th that was quite tough. Um, but I must say that having good communication with your spouse is very important. I think for me, I'm really glad that I have a supportive husband. Uh, who could see the bigger picture. In fact, many times I feel like giving up. I said, oh, I don't think I want to practice anymore. And he's always the one telling me, you know, you, know, you, should, you should, you know, uh, you know, make full use of the gifts that you have. Wow. You know, and I'm like, you know, you're so cruel. You know, what kind of husband are you, you know, telling me to go out there and suffer? How could you? But, you know, it's tough when you're going through the pain and, and everything in you says, I want to give up. 
and so I must give credit to my husband uh, who would still wow. support me and say uh, you know uh, I think you need to do it if I need to take care of the kids I will do what I need to do on my end think about the long term uh, you know and it is actually a childhood dream of mine to become a lawyer so so he keeps reminding me of that and I told him I said yeah but I'm no longer a kid now right <laughs> you know I think differently now you know this is not like paper chase or what you watch on TV um, so but I must say that uh, indeed uh, legal practice uh, has given me a lot of opportunities to meet a lot of people from all walks of life so that's something I do appreciate um, now coming back to the where we got involved with the marriage education part, which is kind of strange it's like oh you're a lawyer in fact when my husband and I went up to the states to get qualified or certified in the uh, um, preparation uh, marriage preparation course um, we were the only lawyers in the room out of 250 people there. They were all social workers or even uh, pastors and ministers as well as psychiatrists. Uh, we were like the only lawyers and they had to single out us as a couple and say, hey guys, you know, we actually have a, a couple who are both lawyers from Singapore, you know, coming all the way to the States, you know, and everybody just gave us a, a round of applause for that, uh, simply because it was just not heard of. You don't hear of many lawyers actually really getting involved in the marriage work. Um, so I guess we're seeing more and more uh, lawyers who are interested in... Uh, but marriage work, does it, does it mean filing for divorce and having those cases? Oh, You're yes, going to be differentiating different. that because I think the viewers would naturally think that... You're talking about divorce, right? right? No, no, no. Absolutely not. I don't do divorce Claire, Claire yeah. champions for women who are in business as well as their love life. And yes. you know, just sitting beside you, I feel a lot of love. <laughs> Really, I can actually feel her essence of, you know, when she talks about her husband and wow, I can really feel it, you know. So when you are doing the work, you know, like you said, uh, when you uh, went up to take the course from Denver, do you have a calling that made you want to do what you want to do? Um, I would say that I had a moment of truth, um, especially for the very first case I had where I actually saw the couple... um, actually turning away from the decision to divorce after going through like less than three months of uh, of the course that we've been doing uh, and so that was really an eye-opener because the couple was actually staying away for more than a year so it's like can you imagine more than a year apart they were like living two separate lives in fact when they came to see us it was very awkward because they were like two complete strangers but of course they had a a kid as well but at that point in time it was just like two complete strangers who happened to share one kid um, and that was quite uh, interesting to see that in less than three months, uh, they you know they moved back together, and they rebuilt their lives, uh, and that's like ten years ago, and now they're still happily married, and they have two kids, so I'm really very happy for. So that was like the moment of truth when that happened. I told my husband, I said, hey, you know, can you imagine we're doing this on our spare time? We should be doing more of this, you know. Maybe this is really where our passion really lies, mm. and that's when it started to grow, you know. And uh, I, till now, I think we probably have uh, seen maybe about two hundred couples. Wow, two hundred—that's a lot. We have gone through the course, and yeah, and of course, uh, every now and then uh, some counselling. But now we don't do counselling. So what we do is we refer out to friends or in the social service. Okay, so in case you are wondering what's happening, we are interviewing Claire Nazar, who is a very established lawyer in her own right. Okay, she helps SMEs uh, in Singapore, uh, women business owners uh, who are looking at investments in their companies, draft out contracts. But her passion is really to empower women in their marriages. 
So it's super, super amazing. So let's just say hi to some of the viewers. Uh, Jasper is here, Jennifer, and then of course there are other people in the house like Andrea and and more. Just say hi and comment below this video. And if you have any questions for Claire, uh, I think she'll be more than happy to answer all of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. So let's talk a little bit about your climb, right? Um, what do you, what do you think is a woman of influence? What what does it mean to you? Well, obviously, um, for me, a woman of influence is somebody who uh, can help somebody think positively. Uh, I think that is something which, um, to me, is when you give a bit of love, uh, even just random acts of kindness. You're already a woman of influence, even when you like give up your seat in the in the train for somebody. Wow. You are already a woman of influence. You know, it doesn't take much. Uh, sometimes a smile is enough. I remember there was one time when uh, I happened to smile at at somebody. You know, in in the train because this little late little old lady. You know, mm. uh, was there and she started chatting up with me. So. Uh, I find that little moments like that is it makes your day a lot more pleasant, isn't it? Mm. That you know, hey, you know, we're not just a whole bunch of strangers going on the train, going to work, mm. coming back, and we're all living in such isolated lives. Mm. Uh, but you know, just a little smile, just a little act of kindness. That's a woman of influence, um, you know, and just being very comfortable in your own skin. I think that's really important. Wow, I love her answer. <laughs> I sit beside you, I can feel the love, you know. <laughs> really, I can really feel your heart. Wow, it's really blowing my mind away. I really love it. Hey, hi, James. <laughs> okay, I really love it. So when you said that woman, woman, a woman of influence is all about the little things that is going on in that woman's life. Yeah. So what are some of the usual myths and obstacles that you face to become the woman of influence that you are today? I mean, considering right. like from the litigation to the part yes. about marriage, yes. what are some of the myths and obstacles? that you face? Um, I think one of the obstacles I face, obviously, as a woman lawyer, right, is that you need to be very, like, uh, garang, you know, you can't be smiling. <laughs> I, ah, I'm telling I like you that. this, right? Uh, I had, like, uh, people coming up to me and say, you know, you don't look like a lawyer to me. You, you're, like, more of, like, a friend or a counsellor. And I thought to myself, why does it have to be different? Uh, it doesn't have to be different. Um, to me, being a lawyer is being able to speak up and protect your client's interests. And so you would have to do that part, you know, whether I'm in court. Now I don't do court work anymore, but, you know, I do drafting of contracts. But it's basically the same thing. Um, I don't see why you need to do it, uh, you know, with an angry face. Uh, of course, no doubt that the work itself is stressful. But I do believe that we can take a positive attitude and learn to embrace the challenges and learn to enjoy uh, the journey. Yeah. Wow, this is really cool. So when you are going through this journey... Um, you know, to to progress. I mean, were there your marriage? Were there like you know, you need to discuss. You know, you would take time off. I mean, you did take time off yes. before you came back again to start your own practice to serve the SMEs. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, what happened was that uh, I was working in house for a while. You know, working in a French bank in an MNC and. Uh, it, I felt like I was kind of stuck in a rut, you know, for four years I was there. And uh, and finally I said, okay, maybe I should go back to litigation, which is what I was familiar with. So I did take a, like a bit of a four-year gap from practice. When I came back to practice, um, you know, I remember the first week already, you know, my boss said to me, okay, Claire, you're going to go for a 15-day trial and starts like next week, read up on all the matters like right now. <laughs> 
And so that was, you know, uh, he called it my baptism of fire. Indeed, it was my baptism of fire back into legal practice. And it was a good, good jump start. But after working for about a year or two years in, in the litigation side, again, I felt like you know, there was this uh, need to find a balance between family and work. Mm. And so I decided to go in-house again uh, you know, to work in a company uh, as a legal advisor. Uh, but that also didn't quite uh, meet my personal satisfaction. So while, yes, I had a lot of family time, but I was also struggling with the fact that you know, I didn't feel fulfilled personally. Mm. Yeah, so now I'm just basically going to a job nine to five, uh, feed the family, but I don't have a sense of personal of, of personal achievement, and that was when um, you know my husband was saying to me that you know have you thought about just coming out and starting up your practice in the way that you would like it to be? There are two parts to this interview, so do remember to check out both episodes. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so honoured that we are connected and I hope that I can continue to serve you as you build your dreams. And if you love this episode, and I hope that you did, rate it 5 stars. Give us that glowing review because it will help more women around the world finding the Soul Rich Woman podcast. Alone you are strong, together we are unstoppable. Now share this with every woman who needs it because this is how we are changing the world, one woman at a time. As always, get out of your comfort zone and go towards the dreams you've always wanted to achieve. For women who love the F word, being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. My dear soul rich woman, sending you my love and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.